Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And a very warm welcome to the very first episode of our new series, 10 Nights of Arabic Bites. This is a series where through the last 10 nights of Ramadan, I'll be taking a particular passage from the Qur'an that's recited in the given juz that we'll be reading on that day. So obviously this first episode is from the 21st juz, given the 21st night. So what I'll do is I'll read through a short passage, which I think has some really useful and beneficial Arabic language points in it. So we'll read out that, that passage of the Qur'an. I'll give you guys a vocab list, and, um, and then I'll give you guys some insights and stuff as well, maybe historically or maybe from the language and grammar points and things like that for us to build on our knowledge as well. So actually, I think what I'll do is I might give you the vocab list first for, you, for us to run through it. So firstly, the first word that you'll need to know for this passage is the verb غلبة, which means to defeat. You'll need the word arum, which means the Romans. You'll need the word fi, which means in. Edina, which means lowest or nearest. Al-ard, which means the earth. The word wa, which means and. The word hum, which means they. The word min, which means from. The word bad, which means after. The, uh, the prefix sa, which means will. This word bidr, which means some. And the word sinin, which means years. So Allah says in the Quran in Surah Al-Rum, in the chapter of the Romans, He says, So Allah says, Obviously, we, I mentioned the verb غُلِبَ, meaning to defeat. So غُلِبَ is the passive. Um, this u'i'a passive can be applied to any of these three-letter verbs. I mean, if we have the verb kataba, meaning he wrote, kutiba would mean it was written. Or the verb abada um, would mean he worshipped, but it was worshipped or he was worshipped would be u'ubida. This u'i'a pattern is the way of making a past tense verb passive. So it is ghuliba, it is defeated. What has been defeated? Arum is the word for the Romans, is a collective word for the Romans. And we notice as well that they're being treated as grammatically feminine singular because the verb bet, when we add this et on the end, is the way we make it, you know, she did something. So that grammatically what's going on is it's saying she was defeated. Sometimes my beginner students say to me, like, is that an implication that the, the Romans are somehow sissy or girly somehow? Uh, no, it does not. Um, <laughs> our Arabic doesn't have this um, idea of like, of like feminine, feeble, masculine, formidable it doesn't have that dichotomy i mean like the like the, the very word for war itself the word harb is a feminine word in the arabic language and obviously there's you know many many um female contributors to um muslim and arab military efforts and stuff as well that that, that that's not <laughs> that's not something that that that's not why this is the case in in the arabic language but what it is is that a number of you know words in arabic for uh, collective nouns for groups of humans are often treated as feminine singular such examples might be things like al-Nasara, the Christians, or al-Yahud, the Jews, or even al-A'rab, the, the word for the desert Arabs. So Allah says in Surah Al-Hujurat, "Qalati al-A'rabu amanna." You know, Allah is saying that the, the Arabs said in saying "Qalat," using the verb "Qalat," which is a feminine singular verb for al-A'rabu. And then there's the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah where Allah talks about the Jews and the Christians of how they would, how they would accuse each other of having no evidence, basically. Um, yeah, have a, have a, look it up, inshallah, but it's, I can't remember which way round it is, but the, the grammar that Allah is using is It's like, is using قالت and ليست for, for the Jews and the Christians, um, which are both feminine singular verbs. And this, you know, this is 
common within a number of groups of humans where, where, where Allah might do that. And, um, and the, well, this is what we see here as well. So the Romans being treated as grammatically feminine singular. Obviously, a room, this is marfur. Um, it's the subject of the, it's the thing that's doing being defeated. Um, but we don't call it a fa'il in grammatically ter grammatical terms, though. We call it a na'ib fa'il. There's a specific, specific term in Arabic for the subject of a passive verb, right? Which is a na'ib fa'il. So what's next? Fi adin al ardi. Fi. Fi. Nothing too complicated going on grammatically. Grammatically here, it just means in. Edna. So edna means the lowest or the nearest. I mean, you know, like it, it, it can mean both, right? The different translations give give either, but there's a certain wisdom and a certain benefit to it meaning the lowest if it does mean the lowest. And it should also be noted as well that this is where we get the word for dunya as well like the word we, we talk about the dunya as being the world that we live in now it's often compared to the akhirah the dunya where we live now and the akhirah the next life and the dunya is because it's the closest thing to us it's the nearest right it's not that the term dunya doesn't refer to the physical world that we live in you know that that that's that's we would refer to that with al-ard if we're talking about the planet earth we use al-ard dunya is more about this life that we live in I know that um, causes some confusion because I think it's some other languages. I think maybe in Urdu or something they use the term dunya to mean the world, but um, I think that someone may correct me on that anyway. But you, you can look that up. But I've certainly heard it in some languages spoken by majority Muslims. They do that though, and um, they take the word dunya to mean that. But this word edna is um, is what we call the elative, the edna, the most near or the most low. And um, the, the, the location where this battle took place, supposedly, as it, as it says in the translations and the explanations of the translations, is that it actually took place in, um, where is it, like the Dead Sea area. That's like, I don't know, 400 metres or something, 300 or 400 metres below sea level. Like it's it's one of the lowest places on the earth, if not the lowest place on the earth. So, you know, so this, this content being in the Qur'an, I mean, I, I doubt at that time there was scientific measurements of what land was 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 the lowest comparative to sea level I, I very much doubt that it could have been i don't know but if um if, if that's a meaning of it then that's uh that's something that's something very beautiful a bit of knowledge that you wouldn't expect to be in the quran but is but um so this is in the location in which the romans were defeated right in the lowest part of the earth or in or, or a near or a near place obviously the the place of the dead sea isn't it's not thousands and thousands of miles away from um, from from where the Muslims were. Wahum min baradi ghalabihim sayaglibun. Wahum and they min baradi. Min baradi. I mean, min is like saying from after, but it, it really means means after. Min baradi ghalabihim. So the ghalab. This is the mustar of the verb ghalaba. Um, but obviously, we saw the passive ghaliba. So it means a defeat. So. And they, after their defeat, It's after their ghalab. So the him on the end means theirs. And they, and they from after, or they after their defeat, They will defeat. So after they have been defeated, they will do the defeating. This se at the beginning of, um, of the verb ghalaba, present tense, yaglibu, um, puts it in the future. You could equally say, But in this case, Allah has chosen to say, and um, yeah, and and obviously when this is revealed, this is revealed like at, at the time when um, when the Romans were defeated at the hands of their per the Persian enemies, and um, 
Yeah, so, so, so this is a prediction that Allah is making in the Qur'an. That when this is revealed, that, that victory hasn't happened yet. But it's a prophecy, it's saying that, that they, they will be victorious. Good. And it doesn't even just say they will be victorious sometime. If it's open-ended like that, I mean, it could be any time, right? Like it even leaves the ambiguity of, you know, Muslims who live a thousand years later to say, yeah, but still, it's still yagli born. It's still self yagli born. But that's not where it ends. That the next bit that we learn is that Allah is more specific. He says, fi bidri sinin, fi bidri sinin, in a certain number of of um, of of sanawat, in a certain number of years. This term bidri sinin is an expression to mean specifically between three and nine years. Specifically between three and nine. It's a word specifically for that. Fi bidri sinin. When I looked at this, I wondered if it was to do with the grammar of how. When you use the numbers in the Arabic language, like in English, it's different to how we use them in English, because in English we use the plural of the, the noun pretty much whenever we use numbers. If I say two cars, I'm using the plural of cars, or 152 cars, or eight cars. We always use the plural, but, but Arabic doesn't do that. Arabic always uses the singular, except between the numbers of three and ten. Right? When I saw this, I thought, well, well perhaps we learned that, that Bidr means between three and ten, or in this case three and nine, because the term sinin is a plural, right? So that's that, that's something else to consider as well. That 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 is even if that isn't the reason, it's consistent with that rule. It's consistent with the Arabic language rule of using a plural counted noun after the numbers between three and ten. But in this case, I mean, all of the translations re references being between three and nine, but between three and nine is still between three and ten, so it would still be consistent with that rule. Um, good, but the term bidr. Um, in this case, is specifically Allah is Allah giving us a prediction that they will have their they, they will that the Romans will then be victorious over over the pagan over the pagan um, Persians between three and nine years, and that's what happens. And I think it's eight years later um, is when the Romans are actually Romans are actually victorious and have a convincing defeat against their Persian enemies. Um, it's eight years later. I've read some reports as I was looking at translations for this. That um that it was actually in the same year that the Battle of Badr happened, that the you know that that within that same year the Christians who at least believe in Allah and at least believe in the believe in the Scripture to some degree and believe in the prophets to some degree, like like they had a victory over over the pagan Persians in the same year that the Muslims at Badr had a victim over the pagans, you know it was, it was a year that in both accounts people who believe in the Scripture and the lineage of the prophets and and in Tawhid to some level had victory over pagans who don't so like a, but 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 the, the dates didn't seem to line up for me perhaps you guys will have more luck because the battle of badr um didn't seem to fall in the same year but they're at the same time anyway i mean the very least within like a couple of years of each other so that's everything for this episode i hope that you guys have enjoyed it tomorrow we'll be going over a ayah um from surah from surah to ahzab so there'll be loads of language bites to enjoy from that. It'll be a little bit longer. Our next lesson will. I mean, this is only 10 or 12 minutes or so. So our next lesson may be 15 minutes or something like that. Because we've got some really, really useful stuff for you guys to learn in there. So hope you've enjoyed this um, this little Arabic bite. If you want to support us on Patreon, then you can. Go to the link in the description below where you can go and you can get your hands on loads of other bonus resources to go with each one of these Arabic bites as well. Whether you want the printed vocab lists, whether you want um, exercise sheets to practice, um, to practice the knowledge that you've learned in these and to make sure you've understood it. Or if you want, you know, color summary sheets and stuff as well. We've created loads of extra bonus resources for each of these, um, each of these Arabic bites as well. So that for those of you guys who want to support us and want to support the Daily Arabic Bites project, then you can go and become part of it as well. So 
without further ado, I'll see you guys tomorrow for our next Arabic bite. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.